Greetings, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast, episode number 24 with Dr. Emily Sandoval, uh, another proud uh, higher ed geek nerd uh, who actually did her dissertation uh, on a geeky topic. So more about that in the episode, but uh, really cool stuff. And she's uh, been a frequent presenter at uh, different comic cons on uh, sort of education uh, intersections with geekdom and fandom and community. Uh, So all really cool stuff that she's into um, and just really fun conversation. Uh, I'm really glad I got the time to uh, uh, learn a little bit more about Emily and uh, all the good work that she's doing uh, and all the things that she is geeking out about. So uh, yeah, just great episode. Uh, uh, Things that we mentioned, some of the books and stuff will be down in the show notes. But uh, yeah, after this quick message from our sponsor, this is episode number 24 with Dr. Emily Sandoval. It's an honor to have our good friends at SwiftKick be a sponsor of the podcast because I've seen their work firsthand and it's truly unlike any student leadership training I've experienced. They've been voted best student leadership program unprecedented five times, so you know they must be doing something right. As a bonus for our listeners, SwiftKick is giving a $500 discount off their normal speaking fee if you mention Higher Ed Geek when you contact them. I highly recommend their trainings for your campus as your students will be talking about it for months afterwards. It's really great stuff. Check them out at swiftkickhq.com to learn more and let them know I sent you. Now, back to the show. I guess I don't know how long it took you, but just like, you know, obviously people do it at different pacings, but it's just like, I feel like there's a lot of people that I've kind of started to know in like the higher ed field that are like, they, it seemed like they were always doing it. And then just added them where it's just kind of like, oh yeah, I'm finally like defending and like doing my dissertation. And it's just like, oh gosh, so great. Like, cause yeah, yeah like I'm it, sure it's a lot of hard work. So, yeah. You know. It took me almost two years of writing and that's only because I got the director job um, during that time. Mm. So that set me back a little bit, but it was a hundred percent worth it. Yeah, very cool. Because, um, yeah, I think it's, and I, I guess it'll, for me, maybe like I'll naturally get to that point, but just sort of like there's a thing that you care enough about and like something that yeah. you want to say that you like, you know, are willing to put all this work into it. So uh, it yeah. seems like that's kind of like the, the general, you know, vibe that I guess you should go into it. Like you shouldn't go into it just like, well, I guess I'll just do this next thing because you'll probably like, you know, kind of yeah. grow to resent all of the like, you know, long days and such. Um, well, and I wanted to write more and I wanted to do even more interviews with students, but people were telling me just do what you need to do and get it done. Yeah. But um, I think, you know, my dissertation was on geek culture. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to just do the best that I could do. Um, but there was still time constraints and limits and deadlines. So I said, just get, do it the best that you can and defend. Yeah. Well, I guess in uh, kind of true, like geek nerd fashion, just want to like to continually like deep dive into it. Like there's still more to learn and still more yes. to do. Like, you know, just like, yes. I was like getting obsessive about it. But um, so yeah, we'll, we'll talk uh, more about that kind of in the, in the body of the episode here. But um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll kind of just dive, uh, dive right in here and, uh, yeah, I just appreciate you making some time for this uh, podcast. I think you are just another kind of proper kind of higher ed geek and somebody who gets it. Uh, so I'm really excited to have you on here. Um, but yeah, we'll just have you uh, kind of start us off here. If you just want to introduce yourself briefly and kind of talk about your professional journey, just kind of Cliff Notes version. We'll dig into a couple of pieces more deeply, but yeah, just kind of mm-hmm. introduce yourself and kind of how you got to be where you are today. 
Definitely. So, well, thank you for having me on. My name is Emily Sandoval. I'm Senior Director of Residential Education at the University of Southern California. Um, I've been in residential life my entire career. So I spent four years as a resident director at UC Riverside, five years at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, and actually about two and a half, almost three years here at USC as an assistant director before moving into the director position. And I did spend fall 2012 on semester at sea as a resident director. So res life, all the way, student engagement, community, sensible longing. I love what I do. Yeah, very cool. And I guess, yeah, done in some uh, different uh, settings, certainly <laughs> semester yeah. at sea, I'm sure probably the most unique. And, and I, I've talked to one other person um, on my previous show who had worked uh, at semester at sea, I guess just because I know it's such a unique experience and so many people are like, you know, either jockeying for it or just, you know, really mm-hmm. envious, I guess, like in a nutshell, like what was that experience like? Just sort of like what led you to want to do it? And yeah, like what ex- uh, specifically was that experience like for you? So it is an amazing experience and it's something that honestly my husband had always wanted to do. So we met at USC in our master's program many years ago and this was one of his dreams and I thought he was crazy because like, how do you pack up your life, put yeah. everything in a storage and sail the world for almost four months? That didn't seem... Um, something that regular people did. (laughs) And when he applied, I applied as well. So when we both got hired on as resident directors, I realized that this could be my own dream. And I never grew up traveling. I never studied abroad. So to be able to see the world, and we went to countries that surrounded the Atlantic Ocean. So it was called the Atlantic Exploration. Mm -hmm. I was seeing things through the same eyes that many of my students were. And it was amazing to see different countries get a taste of a new culture because you're only there from three to five days in each country and just go on amazing adventures. And I think my favorite part was being able to take pictures and share that with my family and friends back home. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, and I guess uh, kind of uh, in hindsight, I mean, yeah, if you both got it, it was like really meant to be kind of thing, like that you were meant to go on this journey. Um, yes. Yeah. The, yes. And I think yeah. if people know me, they know that I get easily motion sick and I get <laughs> seasick. And even though I was seasick a lot, um, you start functioning at a new normal. So I feel like my new normal was functioning at about 75 percent, mm. but I would do it all over again. It was that amazing. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and yeah, and just that idea that like you're saying, you got to kind of experience it genuinely, you know, as sort of a newcomer with your students where I I imagine, you know, a lot of people are attracted to that, that are very well traveled. Um, And and I think, yeah, just understanding, you know, somebody, you you know, you went into that experience, not having traveled a lot, like, you know, the anxiety that can come with that, you know, it's like good, anxious energy, you know, if you're kind of embarking on that journey, obviously, you've like kind of taken that first important step. But yeah, I'm sure that was like, really cool. And I mean, that could honestly be its own like podcast episode. I feel like it's just like digging into that more deeply, but yeah, it's so cool <laughs> that you got to uh, have that experience. And I'm sure it just, you know, equipped you with a lot of good professional knowledge as well as just yeah. sort of personal fulfillment. Um, but, uh, oh, and yeah. it's funny though, because one of the things that I worried about missing back other than friends and family, I read, or I used to read the Buffy, the vampire slayer comic series mm. and angel and faith. And I had to stop reading while I was on the voyage. And after I came back from the voyage, I was job searching and then started a doctoral program. So on my list of things to do is look through my comics to figure out where I'm at 
and what graphic novels I need to purchase so I can get back <laughs> into it. But I see a long weekend of reading in my near future once I buy those graphic novels. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like buying them like very willingly. I'm like, okay, I'm getting them now for like maybe like two weekends from now. Like just really yes. purposely, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just almost being like, oh, I'm worried about like spoilers if somebody just like offhand, like, you know, somebody yes. else I know just being like, oh, you know, that crazy thing that happened. Um, exactly. Yeah, always, always a danger. But that's the nice thing, too. I think just in like the current age of sort of, I mean, the excess of content that we have in any, you know, number of mediums is that like, mm-hmm. ideally, it's just like sitting there waiting for us to just like, you know, go through the awesome story and, you know, experience it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that'll be that'll be good for you. Um, yes. But I guess, yeah, so, you know, you've had this, you know, professional experience in residence life. And I mm-hmm. guess I'm not sure if also during your undergrad, you were involved in, you know, residence life, but just, I guess, specifically there, just always kind of, you know, I like to hear sort of those experiences that, you know, obviously all of us in higher ed, we kind of got turned on to it theoretically from mm-hmm. our own experience. So, you know, what were those experiences you had that were kind of formative for you during your undergrad days that, you know, still kind of resonate for you, like personally and or professionally? So I would say my undergrad was also at UC Riverside. So I have this weird thing of working with my alma maters, but I was what's called a program coordinator for my sophomore year. So we did large scale events for the residence halls. And then my second year I was an RA and, you know, I did that to help me get through college as some of us readily do, but not often admit. And it was great. I mean, I met some of my lifelong friends through being a student leader. And one of them, um, not only was he in my wedding, but he's now one of my assistant directors at USC. So those connections really were amazing and impactful to me. But it was my summers not in res life, actually, which is weird for me to say this. I worked with Upward Bound. And as a 19, 20, 21 year old student, working with Upward Bound, learning about access issues in higher education, I'm learning about equity issues, but more importantly, making connections with high school students and helping them find the path to college was so incredibly rewarding. And that was actually the reason why I decided to pursue a degree in student affairs. And then I say I actually fell back into residential life. And now I can't imagine my life without that. But it was originally those connections with my upward bound students that really encouraged me to look into higher education as a pathway. Yeah. Yeah. Those programs are awesome. Yeah. I did a a McNair scholars. I'm not sure if you're familiar. Yeah. Like I did that as a, the summer in between, um, when I graduated undergrad leading into my like higher ed master's program. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it was awesome because I think, you know, it wasn't even that I think for me, I saw it as like, I obviously just needed a lot more knowledge at that point and just, you know, other experiences. Like I I was an RA for two years, went into res life for two years, did that for two Mm -hmm. years after I graduated, but just like, the idea of like, okay, oh, I'm going to immediately go and pursue this work. I think it at the very least gave me just these sort of like morsels of appreciation. Yeah. Like access programs, how valuable they are and just having somebody like looking out for you and kind of coaching you and guiding you. Like, you know, they're such high impact programs. And I think it just was like, yes, like I now sort of just in my sort of like policy stances in my mind, of just like, like that's where like, you know, so much good work happens and just appreciating you know, uh, you know, so much of like what the college experience means to people who are first generation and the hardships that they have, the things that they're worried about and what Mm -hmm. everybody, you know, like everybody in the whole kind of campus community can do to kind of be more, um, kind of understanding and accepting and sort of, 
uh, you know, facilitating whether it is res life or student programming mm-hmm. or orientation, you know, like they can all kind of, kind of almost like, again, a whole other topic, but just sort of like yes. design, like designing with like sort of like universal access that obviously has a mm-hmm. lot of implications, but just like, yeah, for people who may not have the financial means to do one thing or another, or, um, just don't have the support from home to like know what college is and kind of yes, all the no, complexities exactly. that go into that. So, um, exactly. And I think yeah. that even lends itself into why I love what I do now. Um, I always tell people that it is a privilege to be the director of residential education here because we have changed so much in such a short amount of time, but our entire focus has been on the residential experience and enhancing it and to do the work that we do and know that we impact first year students all the way through graduate students and families. It's really awesome. We house about 9,200 students. So that's a lot of touch points that we um, are honored to have and trying to shape an experience and help students feel that connection to a very large college campus that it's easy to get lost in. But it's all about the experience and connection and making sure people have access to opportunities and also know who to go to when they need extra support. So I think that that easily speaks to why I love what I get to do in residential life and education. Yeah, for sure. Which is uh, kind of my next question there. And uh, yeah, I mean, like, because I think, um, yeah, just like on that point, just to reinforce it, yeah, like working in residence life, uh, I think I've now appreciated just continuing like to talk to people on their different experiences, like mm-hmm. in my own work experience. But certain people, I feel like, you know, they may not have been able to succeed or just would have been a lot harder if they didn't have that like supportive campus community. Um, you know, especially like living on campus, they have that social network, they have people mm-hmm. there that are just going to be able to help them if they need it, um, right down the hall. And, um, you know, people just noticing if it's like, Hey, you know, haven't seen you around or like, you know, you just kind of have those people kind of looking out for you again. That's always just been one of those like, yeah, nuggets of, uh, sort of wisdom that, you know, has a lot of implications and you can kind of manifest it however you see fit. But just yes. that, that, that value of somebody looking out for you. I mean, you have, even, <laughs> even in just like human life, you know, just somebody who will like reach out and check in, like, you know, it, it goes so far. And I think, uh, you know, yeah, that's, you know, that's me just kind of spiraling, getting on my soapbox, I guess. But um, <laughs> No, I, but so, I relate and I appreciate everything yeah, you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, so cool. Yeah. I mean, you're doing great work. Um, and know, uh, where you are now. And, um, I guess here's where we can maybe get into your, your doctorate a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you're kind of a proper higher ed geek, uh, as I am. Yes. And, you know, it's what you chose to focus on for your doctoral work. And, um, I guess, yeah, just sort of exploring that a little bit more. And I guess we'll, we'll get into the other stuff specifically that you sort of geek out about, but mm-hmm. I guess, why did you choose to kind of deep dive with that? And I guess talk a little bit more about, about that experience, which obviously like kind of bleeds into your professional world. Yeah, definitely. So this all started in 2011 and a group of us um, who had met through WAKUHO, the Western Association of College and University Housing Officers, mm-hmm. we would get together and say, what if, what if we put in a proposal to present at Comic-Con International. Um, Would they even consider a panel of non-industry people? So our friend um, Ryan McRae, who's no longer in higher ed, took the lead, put this proposal in, and we were accepted. And I still remember the day we found out we were accepted because I was standing in my living room when I got the call, and it was Ryan McRae, Al Day, 
Alex Belisario, Tyler Miller, and myself. And I remember getting to call Alex and tell her that we were accepted and we were both screaming on the phone, <laughs> completely geeking out um, because we couldn't believe that they accepted our presentation and, and it was it was bringing geek to higher education. And our whole focus of it was how you can build community and networks around geek identity on college campuses and why it was important to do that. And we were riding that high of the first presentation, the first panel presentation, and Alde looked at me and he's like, you. I was like, what? He said, you're the youngest of this group. You're going to make this into a dissertation. And I remember looking at him saying, yeah, right. Like anyone's ever going to take me seriously. And I did it. <laughs> so secretly, I blame Al Day for this. Uh, but I'm also very grateful that he planted the seed in my brain to start thinking that this would even be possible. So we've presented at Comic-Con every year since then. The only year I missed was the year that I had to go to my doctoral program orientation. Mm-hmm. But we've, we've evolved it. We've brought in other people to the panel, a K-12 focus. This past year we did one on mental health. Um, and it was really important for us to not just focus on higher education, but focus education in a very broad sense. But also this is our chance to talk about outside of the classroom experiences because a lot of work um, and even doing my research, I found, you know, courses taught on Harry Potter and philosophy or feminism, feminism and comic books and representation. But when you talk about the outside the classroom connections, the student affairs, the student engagement, there wasn't a lot out there. And that's why we do the Comic-Con panels. And that was the main focus on my dissertation was life outside of the classroom, which tied into, of course, my career in student affairs and my career in residential life. I chose to focus on creating um, community and building opportunities for engagement, utilizing geek identity in a residential education setting. So it was very narrow focused um, just because of the the time constraint. But I mean, as you know, like I could have gone broader. I could have focused on student life in general, student orgs. I hit a little bit of student organizations within my research, but I chose a college or university specifically knowing that they do it well. Mm. That way I could talk to students about what they were getting out of attending events or being part of a residential college or being part of student organizations that aligned with their geek identity. And why did that matter? Why was it important? And I was able to get some good information from the interviews I conducted. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah, I think that's, that's the biggest thing for me is just like the idea of kind of, you know, like geek culture and the people who are into, you know, entertainment, video games, mm-hmm. you know, movies, TV and comic book, all that kind of stuff. It's just like, what I've always thought about is just like the passion that's in that community and just how much uh, kind of meaning and value that people get from those things that they're into the connections Mm -hmm. and all that. Like, yeah, it's like, you know, continuing to foster that and support that. Like a lot of those things are happening, whether, you know, people who are working at a college realize it or not. And like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when this episode goes out, I uh, also just talked to um, uh, Eugene Fryer, who's like working at, Texas Wesleyan doing yes. uh, like his sort of like uh, formalized like uh, esports, you know, yes. organizations and just like outreach for students to be like, this is a place to come if that's something that you want to pursue and cultivate and have a community mm-hmm. around you, like, you know, here on campus. So, um, yeah, like that was really exciting. And then just, yeah, like the, 
you know, the academic side is a whole, you know, like there's many pillars here of just like, yeah, like community, the academic explorations and connections that people can make. And then like, like you're saying, like mental health and just like the relaxation and the kind mm -hmm. of catharsis and, you know, these things that people get from, you know, engaging with these stories or playing games or um, yes. any of those sort of things or just being able to like share something that you enjoy with other people versus, you know, just being feeling isolated. Um, yes. So, and I think yeah. that isolation you mentioned, well, first, Eugene is awesome. I think we presented <laughs> on the second Comic-Con panel together, second or third, I don't remember. Mm. It's kind of blending. But I went from the lens of mattering and marginality and the research and higher education around that concept. And when you find students that are on the margin, and if you don't pull them in, and they don't realize that they have a place and that they matter, um, you could lose them in terms of retention. And then with the overall sense of belonging on a college campus. So I always use the example of I was working at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo and we were doing one of our first geek weeks. And I hosted a Doctor Who watching party. Mm -hmm. But because we're res life, I also did a build your own TARDIS competition with graham crackers and blue frosting. <laughs> and it was awesome. But at Cal Poly Slow, the farthest walk between one residence hall and the next farthest one was about a 15 to 20 minute walk. And it was known that when programs happen in a certain residence hall, students from that hall go and students don't really mix across interhall. Mm -hmm. And that day I was hosting the Doctor Who watching party and I found out that students made the 20 minute walk for Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. That same week we did a Magic the Gathering tournament in one of the lounges and there was about 30 students playing Magic, only two students lived in that building. Yeah. So this was my big light bulb moment that I had always known, but I was actually seeing it in action that things that people geek out about actually bridged groups and they wanted to interact with each other based on the excitement of, oh my gosh, you play magic. Oh my gosh, you know, Settlers of Catan. Um, during the Doctor Who party, students were talking within earshot and I looked at them, I was like, oh, you're bronies. And they looked at me like, you know what a brony is? Because remember, I'm the old person. <laughs> air quotes. I'm totally doing air quotes. Old person. And I said, yes, I know what bronies are. But their eyes lit up. I remember my RAs at the time, because um, we had an engineering living learning community. They looked at me and they're just like, you're a woman and you're a geek. And you're our boss's boss. This is awesome. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yes, but this is just who I am. And one of the RAs that year decided to spend his winter break and with a faculty member worked with him to build a schematics of a live action Angry Birds because Angry Birds was huge at the time. Mm -hmm. And we set up rubber balls and balloons that represented pigs and we were slingshotting these balls across the giant courtyard <laughs> with the music playing along the loudspeakers. And that's still one of my most favorite memories <laughs> of Mel Polly during Geek Week was getting to participate with this. And the, the RAs looked at me as, because I was a, a learning community coordinator, so an assistant director level, and they didn't look at me any, like, why is this supervisor here? They were excited that I was here speaking the language and playing with them. Yeah. So yeah. that's why, for me, it's so important to help students connect with other geeks on campus, because you could have a student who hasn't made a connection in their residence hall, connect them with a Settlers of Catan group, and suddenly their eyes light up because they found their people and people that speak their language. So it's so important. Yeah. 
Well, because I think, yeah, the, the, the two things I think of there, yeah, it's just like, you know, I think it should come as no surprise to many people, like, you know, like you're saying, like people like making that pilgrimage, you know, and that uh, kind of putting themselves out there like that, because it's like, mm-hmm. like many geeks and nerds are like waiting in line for things and like yes. going through many ordeals <laughs> to like have the experiences that they want and all that, like, you know, so it's like, you know, she comes as no surprise. Yeah. They'd like make that trek to, mm-hmm. you know, engage in those things that they want. And I think, yeah, like the biggest, I think like kind of ending takeaway with that thing that I'd want to kind of impart on people is that like doing these things, it's not necessarily going to be like, you know, replacing or at the cost of, I think any other like programs that people might think of that maybe are, or, are more oriented around like kind of sporting events. It's like, mm-hmm. or anything else that would be more, um, you know, that other, like these these students probably wouldn't come out to it's like it's just adding to the mosaic to like engage those students who may feel kind of isolated where it's just like you know there's just the simplest sense it's just like the things that are happening aren't of interest to me yeah like these people don't speak my language like they aren't into mm-hmm. the things that i'm into i don't know what they're talking about because like that would, that's for me it's like if all there was was like sporting related events for the college and all that i'm like cool but like i don't care <laughs> like I, I don't i don't know anything about yes. sports and i just yeah i feel like isolated that's like the major social scene like and that's all there is then you know mm-hmm. i'm kind of like you know left out so it's just like adding to um just kind of the uh sort of the diversity of of options for people to engage in and again it's, it's a very passionate uh base of people who yeah are into their like tabletop games or video games or you know uh, any of that kind of stuff so and a lot of it yeah like a lot of people like will bring their own things it could be like mm-hmm. done very nimbly and cheaply um and yeah just that huge value of kind of the in-person uh interactions based on things that people are into so yeah um, and i think another aspect yeah. of the, my dissertation touched on was for staff professional yeah. staff and why it, it should be okay to geek out at work and decorate your offices because a lot of the staff I interviewed, well, they were themselves college geeks, but we use what our office is decorated as jumping off points when we're having difficult conversations with people in our office because that's the reality of our job, right? Like our conversations aren't always fun with the students that we that we have or that we're meeting with. Um, sometimes we're holding them accountable for decisions they've made. Sometimes we're there to pull them in for support, but when they turn around and see a Star Wars banner or my Pop Funko figures, like that they get excited about because it makes me more human and less administrator in that one second in time when they see that. So that we use that as our in to have good conversation with them. And that was common through every administrator I spoke with. Yeah, yeah, that's actually another awesome point because that, that was my experience as well. Uh, when I had kind of more of a proper office as a residence director, yeah, I had all my geeky stuff up and just, yeah, that kind of mm-hmm. uh, making you more human and kind of the approachability. And yeah, you can just kind of build bonds better that way with sort of, you know, representing the things that you aren't into. So that is uh, another great point. Yes. Um, well, I guess on that point then, so like if uh, somebody were to walk into your office, uh, or like, you know, like what are the things that you geek out about right now? Um, and if there are any things that you've always been into or like newer things that you've discovered and just like, what have those things kind of given you as sort of, um, you know, positive contributions to your life? Well, Star Wars has always been um, part of my life. So I was born in 1980. So there's always been Star Wars. And I have a brother who's eight years older than me that made sure that there was always Star Wars in my life. So I geek out about Star Wars. I'm a little bit nervous about the Han Solo movie, but I'm cautiously optimistic. (laughs) um, Because it gives me a prequel to dive into. But 
Star Wars is definitely huge. I think through growing up in the 80s, um, I'm a huge Nintendo person. Mm-hmm. I think video games are cool as is, but my brother didn't let me touch his Atari. Um, I grew up playing like Frogger, things like that. But old school Nintendo, like I was a child who recycled in order to buy my Nintendo Entertainment System. And I swear to you, the week that I bought it, maybe a month after Super Nintendo came out, but I didn't care because I bought my own Nintendo. (laughs) So um, I'm very much a Nintendo loyalist. Um, Love Super Mario Brothers, love Mario Kart, love Smash Brothers. Yoshi's my favorite character. Anything Joss Whedon creates, I'm there. I am technically a year older than the character of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So when I say I love Buffy, I really do. Um, that came out when I was in high school and I basically grew up with Buffy and watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I think another thing that I geek out about is Lord of the Rings. I enjoyed The Hobbit, but Lord of the Rings, I loved those movies. Um, and I've probably run out of shelf space because I just added to my Lord of the Rings pop figure collection in my office, but I'm slowly starting to run out of pop figure real estate in my office, but (laughs) it's okay. Um, but I think... You know, Lord of the Rings, just to escape to that fantasy world. I'm the type of person that if it's on TNT, I'll stop and watch it. And my husband comes into the room saying, you know, you have this on DVD. Like, you could watch this without commercial. I'm like, I don't care. It's on right now. Right. <laughs> I don't have to get up. I can just yeah. <laughs> continue like sitting down. He's like, you're crazy. He never yeah. understands why I watch it with commercials. But I think that just shows you, like, I knew that I love that world so much that to celebrate being done with my doctorate, my husband and I are going to New Zealand this summer. And we're going to Auckland and to Wellington and I get to plan out that part of the trip and we're going to go to Hobbiton and I wanna do some hikes and see where they shot some of the movies and I'm gonna go get a tour of what a workshop and I cannot wait. I am so excited because I didn't think I would ever get a chance to go to New Zealand and we're making it happen. Um, And then I geek out about things like books, um, Broadway musicals. Like I'm a big proponent that you could geek out. Anything that makes you really excited and passionate about and that you're knowledgeable about, you can geek out about. Mm -hmm. So I'm a huge Broadway fan as well. And things that just make me happy, you know? So I'm going to, as I shared, I need to get back into my comics. Um, I love movies. I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I would love to read Marvel comics, but I realize I don't even know where to begin. Yeah, I feel like they're not making it easy with their like continual reboots and restarts and whatever. Like, because it just feels like it's having the like opposite effect anymore. I'm just like, because yeah, it's like you could maybe get some like you know uh, collections of stories and stuff, and that like that mm-hmm. could maybe be like the way to do it. But it's like I, I'm like I can't read them in order. I don't even know like what's happening. Yes. Uh, yeah, so I don't. But I mean, I'm excited <laughs> about Avengers coming out it's, and. It's... Like, I love that stuff and, and board games as well. Like, I used to be almost unbeatable with Scrabble. Like, I'm a nerd who loves Trivial Pursuit, and I can never find anyone to play Trivial Pursuit with me, but I love it. Um, so, and then as I've had more time, just games like Power Grid or Settlers, like, I enjoy that stuff. So, making time to hang out with friends is important, and I'm hoping to do more of that now that I have more free time. And I will share that... Um, because I was so late to the game, I'm barely watching Game of Thrones for the first time right now. Mm. I just finished season five on Monday. Yeah. So I'm not entirely spoiler free because the world talks about Game of Thrones every time, time it's on. But 
um, I'm excited to figure out like, okay, so this is how this person died. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that's who killed this person. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm see, I'm still very sensitive to spoiler alerts in case people listen to this and haven't watched it yet. I don't want to <laughs> say names. <laughs> it's a, yeah, I imagine a lot of people are going to get to it because I think like for me, I watched like Walking Dead pretty religiously, um, mm-hmm. but I'm just like I don't know when it's going to end, and it's very uneven. Um, but I think for like Game of Thrones, they've set an end date, and you know that's happening. Yes. So yeah, like I'm sure many people <laughs> like you, yeah, and like saving them from you know potential spoilers, like they're going to start working through it. Um, and yeah, sometimes it is just like if you have like sort of a, a spoiler out of context, it doesn't matter because you might just be like, oh, okay, well I'll just see how they get there, you know, and it's still enjoyable. Um, mm-hmm. But because uh, yeah, when I remember watching Lost, and I knew like a like a key character was going to die and I'll just be like, okay, I guess we'll see how they get there. And it still was kind of like, yes. oh, oh, okay. Like that's happening now. Like I it still, like I didn't catch it until it happened. I was just like, oh, okay. Like, um, yeah. So, see, and I, so yeah. I tried getting into walking dead. I watched only the first episode and it was too scary for me. Cause I realized <laughs> if I love Buffy and Joss Whedon, it's punny. Like she makes puns and then kills the zombies or kills the vampires. Like it was never really scary to me. So I don't do fright very well. Um, so I'm a cautious geek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Walking Dead is very serious and very dour and, you know, uh, yeah, not very tongue in cheek at all. Too for me. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is, which goes to say I like my geekdom to be an escape when yeah. it can. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, you've got, you're into all the good stuff, uh, right there with you. So, um, well, I guess, uh, is there anything like, um, I guess, cause yeah, like some of this stuff has like things that are out there currently. I know, like, I'm very curious to see, cause I mean, I think there's like a new, like Lord of the Rings book coming out and like the series that Amazon is trying to develop. That's all going to be like oh, new stuff coming out. I'm so soon. excited about yeah. the series and Amazon. Like I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with it. Um, yeah. um and then Believe it or not, because I was an English literature major in undergrad, so I never made time to read for fun because I was in the quarter system and no one told me that I could minor in anything. So there were some quarters where I was taking three out of four English classes. Um, So (laughs) I didn't know what reading for fun meant, which also means this fall, and people gave me so much crap for this, I barely finished reading Harry Potter this past fall. Mm. Um, Really enjoyed the last, like, Three books really enjoyed that next on my list is I actually want to read the Lord of the Rings and people are saying I'm nuts because it's a really big book but I have it and I'm gonna read it because yeah. um, I've always wanted to read it so we'll see if I get started before we leave June 8th for New Zealand but we'll see how far I get <laughs> well yeah I and mean, it could be a good uh you know kind of flight read or something because uh yeah. yeah I mean I read them in high school I mean yeah they're good books and it's like that idea of like they can kind of stand on their own, like the book universe and then like the movie yes. universe sort of thing. And like, they are both good on their own and like, yeah, yes. like the movies are amazing. Um, but obviously like, you know, they are adaptations. Um, yes. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I guess, I mean, yeah, with anything, you know, that you mentioned already or just like other stuff that's just more grabbing your attention right now, um, like anything that you're reading, watching, listening to as we wrap up here, like anything that you want to just give like a tip of the hat to that we can uh, include in the show notes. Well, I'm watching Game of Thrones, as I said, so I'm going to start season six, hopefully this weekend. Um, I need to start season two of Stranger Things. I really liked the first season. Um, my Buffy comics I need to read, but then there's also books for work that I'm trying to read. So one of my friends suggested... Um, 
what is it? What's the book called? One of them is Project Happiness, which mm. is actually a graphic novel. Gotcha. So I'm going to read that and Trust Factor. Just to, I'm always looking for good books that will help with um, team development or organizational management. Last year it was, or two years ago, it was Creativity Inc. from the creator of Pixar, which I highly recommend, um, Ed Catmull. And it was just a fantastic book to get insight into Pixar, which I also geek out about, by the way. Love Pixar. They make great movies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. So insight into that um, organization and how they've become what they've become was a really good read. So I'd recommend all that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, uh, then we will end here on the optimistic note of um, some <laughs> things or things that you are looking forward to in your job, life, and or the world. Some things I'm looking forward to. My vacation. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But I think I'm going to end with that because um, I have been very dedicated to my work for many years. And this is the first time since 2007 that I take two consecutive weeks off back to back. Um, Don't be me, folks. Listeners, (laughs) take your vacation. I would take a week here and a week there or a day here and a day there. But I'm taking two solid weeks off of work. And I'm really looking forward to just unplugging and exploring New Zealand and also Sydney will be there for a few days. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Awesome. Yeah. And it's like a yeah, good advice and you have certainly earned it. Uh, Cause yeah, it's like the world will keep on turning without any of us for like a short period of time. It's okay. Exactly. Um, yeah. Still be all, you know, everything will be here when you come back. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's uh, yeah, an awesome trip. Enjoy it. Yeah. Just soak it all up. It sounds like, yeah, you got a lot of, a lot of cool stuff in store. So um yeah, and I just you know appreciate you, and I think I'll probably get to all of the other people that you uh, uh, name dropped in terms of like other kind of mm-hmm. geek ed people and stuff. So uh, people can uh, yeah, stay tuned for all that, and uh, yeah, just really appreciate your time and your insights, and uh, yeah, just keep up the the great work that you're doing, and um, yeah, I'm sure I'll talk to you again soon. Great, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. This podcast is a proud member of the Connect Edu Podcast Network bringing together diverse voices and thoughtful discussions to the higher ed community. Check us out online at connectedu.network or on Twitter at connectedupod. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast.